You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. We're going to catch up with our buddy Chris Marler from Saturday Down South. He's got a whole new podcast he's debuting, talking all things uh, college football, SEC football, and much more. So we'll talk with him in just a bit. Also, uh, Monty Rice sat down with our uh, sister station, Alive 11 in Atlanta. Did a little sit-down interview with him talking all things about the Georgia Bulldogs this past year and kind of looking ahead to next year. So we'll hear a little bit of that interview as well. And we'll hit on a couple of uh, tidbits from around the SEC. But let's jump right into it. We're going to catch up with our buddy Chris Marler here. You may remember Chris from such podcasts as the SDS podcast and the failed student loan debt TV show paid off on True TV. (laughs) (laughs) Now you can find him as the host of the new podcast, College Football Uncensored, co-hosted by Tyler Huck, the day Debut episode is out now. Marla, what's going on, man? Okay, first off, I'll tell you, I don't know if the TV show failed, but that check they sent me for 14 grand <laughs> for winning all those, winning that, uh, you know, Kid Jeopardy did not fail. So I'm, I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm excited. It's, uh, like you said, like the, the new podcast, something we've been working on for a while, and it, it literally finally debuted today. Um, and we're excited. So I was trying to think of the if Alanis Morissette did a remix of Ironic, <laughs> it would have to be you go on a student loan debt game show, win, and then two years later the president excuses and forgives all student loan debt. I don't know how you write that well, out, but you may want to work on that. Thank God that that happened because I'll tell you what, <laughs> when they send you when they send you a check for, for the entirety of the money you won in one lump sum, <laughs> like it didn't all go to my student loans, dude. Like, if you remember when this happened, this happened in 2018, and they sent that check, I believe, halfway through November. So I went to Georgia <laughs> Auburn, the Iron Bowl, the SEC Championship, the National Championship, and the Orange Bowl as well. So thank God we're going to cancel that student loan debt now. But um, yeah, it's funny, and you know, real quick, just because you brought it up, and uh, what people don't know about that show is like, you know, when they recorded that the way they, the way it was set up was. You have like a couple of rounds, and I was just like on fire because I, I was like, I think I had buzzed in first on, on like 80% of the questions or something like that. I, I just, I hit like a, like a great stride or whatever. So the final round, it's like a rapid fire. You have a minute to answer as many questions as possible in 15 questions. And if you answer eight, like it goes in like tears, if you answer eight, they pay off your entire student loan. Well, I got the five with like 35 seconds left. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm going to get. 25 grand like this is gonna be unbelievable and i freaked out i got in my own head and i ended with seven and so i had won fourteen thousand dollars and it was one shy of the grand prize <laughs> but we had to refilm the celebration scene three times because the amount of f words that came out of my mouth after i missed the last question <laughs> like, like if, you, if you actually watched it you could just see this like very like yeah i'm so yes yeah, i'm so excited thank you and like everyone in the crowd is just very uncomfortable yeah, Google like uh, paid off True TV Chris Marley. You'll found, find his uh, appearance on that uh, game show that is no longer a thing. Uh, let's get into some SEC talk, Chris. Obviously, look, we had the Super Bowl the other night. Uh, it was cool to see a lot of former SEC stars, a lot of LSU guys in that Super Bowl the other night. It felt like yeah. every running back was an LSU running back, but uh, kind of cool to see a lot of the stars. I want to get your thoughts, though, because it's so funny. 
when you see a lot of the schools beating their chest. Like I saw Vanderbilt tweeted out, hey, congrats to Keyshawn Vaughn. You know, he's a member of the Tampa Bay Bucks. You know, he's a Super Bowl winner. Mississippi State has, you know, Martinez Rankin, Chris Jones, the big D lineman. LSU tweeted theirs out. So it was cool to see like all the schools tweeting out congrats to our guys. And then I saw Missouri's, and I was like, okay. Oh, man. They tweeted out congrats to Blaine Gabbert, the backup quarterback to Tom Brady for the Buccaneers. And I'm just like, you know what? The backup quarterback had no role in that Super Bowl game. That's a bit much. Yeah, they also weren't even in the SEC uh, when the, when the um, I guess, like when Gabbert was there. And I only know that because I was putting together graphics this week, and the, the trying to do the math was so – Effing frustrating because it, everywhere I looked, it said twenty four, and then I'm like counting it up myself. I'm like, this is twenty five, and I couldn't figure out that Blaine Gabbert was the extra guy. So yeah, like I'm, I'm also anti anti Blaine Gabbert. So I, I'm totally on board for that. Yeah, it's just it's just weird. Like don't don't claim him. Like claim somebody else, or just say hey, congrats, he, he won a ring. But like he, it was like a featured graphic, like. Blaine Gabbert, Super Bowl champ. Like, okay, let's let's chill. You out. gotta love it. I uh, would do the same thing. Let's jump into some uh, some current SEC topics as we kind of look ahead. Because look, everybody's already. I mean, it's it's crazy to think, but I'm already seeing some of the SEC schools announcing their uh, you know their spring game dates and like so you know summer uh, or rather spring ball is already almost upon us. So. Uh, going to be crazy. This is going to move really fast. I feel like the whole summer is going to go by really fast. But great for me, in your opinion, the Josh Heupel hiring at the University of Tennessee. You know, I, I don't want to be like most Tennessee fans and have this knee-jerk reaction and, and like, you know, kind of overreact and, and assess the situation. We really don't know how it's going to play out. I, I, I heard a lot of people, especially people close to the program, say, that he was not on their radar. He was not like you know in their top three, top five, whatever. But to be fair, the expectations versus like the actual reality for Tennessee fans and people around that program ha- have never been congruent over the past several years. So or, or, or parallel, and, and I think that you know it, it kind of seems a lot more obvious now, like looking back on it, especially with you know the hiring of, of Danny White at AD. I I think from a, from an optics standpoint. It's good. It's fine. You, you you needed to get an offensive guy. That you, with what you were your biggest struggle, besides besides Jeremy Pruitt's vocabulary, was offense. <laughs> and, and when you pay somebody one point six million dollars a year with Jim Cheney, and and you know damn well that's where they got all those McDonald's bags, but you're paying him one point six million dollars a year to, like, to to coach an offense and, and, and draw up and, and scheme up an offense that never finished above eleventh in in the two years he was there and in three years that Jeremy Pruitt was the head coach, so. Transitioning from that to a guy that, you know, worked with Sam Bradford, a guy that was able to, to put up great numbers with Drew Locke and, and, you know, a record year when he was, he was the, the offensive coordinator at Mizzou. And we also saw what he did with Dylan Gabriel at UCF. So from that standpoint, that's great. What I don't know, what, what I'm, I guess I would worry about is you also saw his, his production really, really, not just taper off, but kind of just dramatically fall off. Um, year over year, and going like twelve and zero, and I think it was ten and three, and then six and four. And this sounds kind of weird. It's nothing I thought I'd say five years ago. But if you're six and four at UCF, is that even acceptable <laughs> with the setup that you have there? And so, I I just wonder how how that's going to look, um, and with his his especially on offense and, stuff, and quarterbacks and stuff like that, how that's going to look versus SEC defenses week in and week out. Because as you know, um, it has not looked good recently uh, up there in Rocky Top. Uh, Alabama, they have now had 15 members of their 2020 staff hired elsewhere so far. Five on-the-field coaches, 
seven analysts, and three others. On a scale of 1 to 10, how concerned should that make Alabama fans? 11. <laughs> I hate, this is like my least favorite thing that Bama fans do. Is like, well, we just rebuild, reload. <laughs> sure, with, with athletes and five stars, absolutely. Whatever you want to say. But going into that season last year, I, I don't think people realize, and I still don't think that Steve Sarkeesian got the credit he deserved for, for his for how much of the success that Bama had as a team last year, like how much of a percentage of that was because of Steve Sarkeesian and, and the plays he was drawing up and, and just the play design and all that kind of stuff and getting these playmakers in space. Um, losing all of, I mean, 15, I didn't even know there were 15 spots. Like, I mean, like, why don't we have a job there? Um, but, yeah, 15, 15 is, it, it's, you know, it, it's an, I'll say it, an unreasonable amount of people to lose off your staff. And, and I think... I trust that Saban will make the right hires and all this kind of stuff and all that kind of stuff. But you saw it in 2018. It's, it's really hard to keep up that same level of consistency, that same level of, of like, you know, desire and hunger from like with an all new coaching staff and having that kind of lack of continuity. It really, it really has showed over the years. And I know that like, you know, the down, the down years in the Saban era aren't that bad. Losing two games last year and finishing outside of, I think, just inside the top ten, I think that was probably the worst year we've had in a decade. But I, yeah, I mean, I think you know, going into that year, you saw all the all the turmoil with and and you know, uh, I guess like leaving when you look at Dan Enos and the way he left and, and locked it like that. Bama fans should definitely be concerned. Like, I'm not saying this because I'm an irrational and illogical fan, even though I am. <laughs> Bama's getting gutted this year. Like, like this is not like other years. You, you don't, you don't just magically replace thirty touchdowns at running back, a Heisman Trophy winner at receiver, a, a Heisman Trophy should have been runner up at quarterback, and assume like, oh, we're good. We have a couple of five stars that'll step right in. They, they are going to get gutted this year. Well, it's there's hope. I mean, they're bringing an offensive coordinator, a guy who uh, couldn't win games with the, <laughs> couldn't win games with Deshaun Watson. So I'm sure he'll be just fine as the uh, the OC. But we'll see. He's what, like a likable guy. <laughs> we'll see what happens. More with Chris Marler right after this. If you need some auto parts, don't get in your car and drive around town looking for those big parts stores that, uh, let's be honest, they're not very friendly, they're not very helpful, you'll walk around looking for what you can't find, and a lot of times you end up going online anyway, look, save yourself the hassle, save yourself the trip, and let's go to rockauto.com. They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years rockauto.com is where you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps motor oil even new carpet they've got it all for you at rockauto.com they get everything you need just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door their catalog is unique remarkably easy to navigate you can find all the parts you need just put in your make your model your 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 car boom there you have it and best of all the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same if you're a professional or do-it-yourselfer like you and me. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car, and don't forget to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us section so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com.
Hey, we're covering everything you need to know about the SEC, but what about the rest of sports? The Locked On Podcast Network has you covered with Locked On Today, hosted by the great Peter Bukowski. It's all the sports news you need. Every morning in under 20 minutes, subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Continue our conversation with our buddy Chris Marler, Saturday Down South, the new podcast he has out, College Football Uncensored. You can download it now. Uh, Marler, for those people who are fans of Saturday Down South already and talking all things SEC football and all that, what is different about this podcast? <laughs> um, well, no comment, for one. And then two, um, I think, uh, no, I, I think, you know, it, it, it could be a, a slippery slope here, but I think the, the biggest change would just be um, perspective, the content that, that we'll be providing and, you know, it'll be a little bit of a shift from, if you listen to the SDS pod, more serious stuff um, and, and a serious tone. And, and you know, we're not going to be, like, breaking down who the best third-string running back or tight end is um, or, you know, why Kentucky's backup running back is going to do this or that next year. It, like, it'll be far less kind of recycled content that you've already seen maybe on the website especially and more fun, um, say, like, you know, laid back, rough around the edges, maybe uh, version of of I guess college football talk, and, and just and kind of all we want to do, honestly, is I just with the way twenty twenty was, especially and, and how things are in the world, like today, I just really miss going going up to the bar, grabbing a beer with my friends, and and just talking sports. And you know, I you know now I have to do that outside of the bar with a mask on, six feet away from everybody, and I just have to end up yelling at people. So we wanted to just kind of create like a you know, that kind of feel, and I think we've done so with um, me and Tyler Huck and, and, like, our relationship and all that kind of stuff, and I'm excited, man. And also, I think the other part of that is the uncensored part, which uh, be a less watered-down version of myself, and it'd be more of my true personality, which is a scary thought for everyone, including my mother. <laughs> no, I think it's good, because we need, like, a more relaxed, toned-down, you know, like, we're heading into this off-season, it's going to be a long, whatever, six months or whatever it is, till we actually have SEC football and college football back. So you kind of need something like this. Look, I love SEC football as much as anybody, but if I came here right now in February and I'm going, all right, brother, let's break down that third and fourth string tight end spot for Ole Miss. Like, that's that's going to get old and tired by the time we get into July. And I think about my dumbass last year, this is, this is probably my own fault, but, like, when we went into the pandemic, I, I, I wanted to give more to, like, the audience. I was like, you know, they're going to be – this is a miserable for everyone. Like, let's give them more. Let's do three podcasts a week instead of one in the off season. So <laughs> it went from just being like, you know, kind of a typical off season to like, all right, well, we're going to rewatch old games and stuff that I do anyway. It's like fun, like in the off season. But after a while, it's like, yeah, man, like it is hard to, yeah, it's like I'm studying for the S and SAT <laughs> like, like every every three to four days. And, uh, and and football shouldn't be like that, man. It should be it should be a lot more fun. So that's that's what we're aiming for. Let me uh, let's get back into the the SEC talk. Uh, your thoughts on Georgia? I mean, they, they how they finish the season? Like they're my pick to win the East. They may be my my pick to win the the whole SEC before it's all said and done. But obviously, JT Daniels gives them stability there. But what do you what are you looking at is the biggest um, I guess hindrance to Georgia going into next season? Um, Kirby Smart picking the correct quarterback is what my usual answer would be, but I think we've got JT Daniels locked in place. Um, you know, it's funny, and I, I might not even be the I might be the worst person to ask the thing about Georgia because you know I've said multiple times in the last three to four years that I thought that drought for a national championship was ending 
under Kirby Smart, and I, and I still do. I, I just, I'm not just saying this to appease the fans that live in Atlanta. Hey, that, that whole drought is coming to an end, and it's coming to an end very fast. It's just a matter of time, I think, until you put that kind of talent on the field. You know, you can get away with a fake punt every now and then in the championship. Just you haven't <laughs> seen that yet with Georgia. I think if, if you're talking about what to be most worried about, it's replacing the talent on defense. You've got a lot of unproven uh, first-year guys and young guys. But, you know, if you, watch, if you watch the Georgia game last year, the amount of bodies they were able to put in on, on defense and, and rotate, and I mean just physical freaks all over the field. Um, and we know how good of a recruiter Kirby Smart is. And, and defense has been kind of a sweet spot. And, like, when he left Bama, there were, <laughs> I, just, I was wondering how good of a coordinator he had become because of some of the, the numbers and, and kind of shortcomings he had come up with like late in, late in his uh, tenure there. But Georgia's been the exact opposite. The defense has been fantastic. It's like regardless of some of the injuries last year, still one of the best units in the country in the SEC. I, I, I said going into last year, if you want to be Georgia, if you want to be LSU, or if, you know those those two programs. If you guys want to be Bama and you truly want to like have that success, you got to put on the big boy pants and deal with the same kind of stuff that that they do every year. And a lot of that's coaching turnover. So the fact that Dan Landing is returning, the fact that you get another year of Todd Munkin, and it's a year where you don't have a pandemic and you have to learn all these new ways to, to implement your offense, Georgia's going to be scary. And I, I, I'm probably going to regret this, and Georgia fans might hate me for it, but I mean it. I, I think Georgia's winning the national championship next year or at least getting there against Clemson. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think it's – when you look at what LSU did two years ago, you look what Alabama did this past year, like – Georgia falls in line. They've got the proven quarterback. They've got, you know, bringing a lot of pieces back. You got the coaching staff in place. Like it could set up. They could have that dream season that Alabama and LSU just had these last two years. Well, and real quick on that, like, do you think about what really has separated some of these teams? Look at what Bama was able to do in the last two years at, at the receiver position. Having, you know, the second year row, you're going to have two guys go in the first round. But I still say what 2019 LSU did was more impressive from a receiver standpoint because Jamar Chase put up. 20 touchdowns, 1,800 yards receiving, while Justin Jefferson did pretty much the same. <laughs> right. So it's like, but, but that, that right there has always been, you know, more of like a, a thing that's hamstrung that offense in Athens than, than it's actually helped because you, you've had go-to guys. You've had an A.J. Green. You've, you've had a guy like George Pickens that can go over and make athletic plays and, and, and obviously several in between. But, the, like, we always talk about the stable of running backs. The stable of receivers – and athletes and, and playmakers that Georgia has on the field coming in next year, it's scary. It's just absolutely scary. I, I don't think we've seen it before down there. Yeah, that that's Saturday, September 4th game against Clemson and Charlotte is going to be a monster game. And again, Georgia can lose that game and run the table, and they'll still be in the playoff. But that'll be a right. great test to kind of see how good they are. A uh, couple more for you, Marler. I saw the other day LSU cornerback Derek Stingley already raving about their new defensive coordinator, Durante Jones. He came out and said Durante called him on the phone. They had a personal phone conversation. He said that's more than Dave Aranda or Bo Pelini ever did, which makes me question what the hell's going on over there at LSU that the, the coaching staff never called their best corner on the phone. But coming from the NFL, Durante Jones, will the LSU defense be improved in 2021? I mean, it kind of – I'll answer the question. It kind of has to be, right? It was so bad. Corey, I don't like that's like asking like my pale white ass if I go to the beach, am I gonna leave more tan? I would hope so. I'm gonna be out here without a shirt on and no sunscreen for at least like four hours. Um I, yeah, I, you know, I, I love the enthusiasm. We we heard Coach O say this last year going into the season of like the defense is gonna be a lot better than it was with Dave Aranda and that was yeah. 
Um, it was not true. I think that was more also like a little bit of coach speak and him just trying to convince himself and others and, and his own issues with Aranda. But yeah, the, the thing with Stingley, like as soon as it got brought up, my first thought was like, I, I mean, yeah, like whoever it is is going to be better, <laughs> probably more likable with not only just the players and the fans as well, um, than who you just had in there with Bo Pelini. But like, you know, it's like that movie Angels in the Outfield. Like, I don't think Tony Danza and, and Danny Glover were probably great parent figures or father figures, but it's better than that asshole that left on the motorcycle and was like, I'll be back with Angels in the Pennant. So if that's what we're comparing here, then yeah, it's going to be a lot better. So that's, that's the best way I know how to compare it. <laughs> All right, last thing for you. In your very early, early power rankings, rank for me these three returning SEC quarterbacks, one through three, one being the best, three being the lowest. Matt Corral, JT Daniels, Bo Nix. <laughs> Sorry. Jeez. All right. Well, Bo Nix is awful. I wouldn't have him in my top <laughs> seven. What are we talking? Bo Nix? Like, are you talking about to play quarterback or to roll out a, a, to the right and just fire an, an incompletion seven yards out of bounds? Because that he's he's a clear cut number one. Yeah, I should have made um, you. I should have went spin control and said, "Sell me on Bo Nix." Like you guys know, I'm not. Why would you? <laughs> like I, I, I hate that he's a very talented and athletic kid. Um, but it, you know, you couldn't do it. You couldn't improve upon the numbers you had your freshman year with that group of receivers. And, and and then I just anyway. So he is. Uh, if, if there's only three of them, I would rank him 11th. But um, at one, I, I, I'm going to say Matt Corral. And the reason why is because he's a guy that's been there for this will be his fourth year. He's, he's getting the year two of Kiffin. We've seen how how good of a job Kiffin can do with quarterbacks in one year. Um, haven't really been able to see it as much with, with two years. Like you know, his most recent set at Bama, but. Um, the only reason I would say him ahead of JT Daniels is JT Daniels has all the measurables. We saw him put up big numbers, and, and I think he he's going to be the guy that, in my opinion, has the best chance of winning the Heisman out of anyone in the SEC just because of you know the season that they could have and, and the the you know high profile games and all that kind of stuff. But one thing I think to be cautious of with where Georgia is, and it, it's not a testament to his lack of talent, but you know we saw Matt Corral play a full season. I don't think he's going to throw six interceptions again against Arkansas or five against LSU or whatever. But the, the, the competition we saw JT Daniels face was the weakest part of their season. I mean, you, you play Mizzou, you play South Carolina, you play Mississippi State, uh, you know, um, I know at least two or one of those, like Mississippi State games at home. Then you have the bowl game against, against Cincinnati, which is a really good team, but also in come from behind modes, so you're putting up bigger numbers. I, I like where this team headed, but like, let's pump the brakes a little bit on on the, him being, you know, the chosen one basically because that's been the biggest issue they've had is the quarterback down there that's not a game manager. So I, I would put Corral one. I would put him second. And if I had to rank somebody third, um, just because I'm panicking right now, top of my head, the the freshman from from Mizzou, Connor Bakelak, I think yeah. showed uh, shows a lot of upside. I just don't know if he's going to fully. Have I mean you saw it at the LSU game? I don't know if he's going to have a lot of games like that with the kind of offense Eli Drinkwitz wants to run, though. Yeah, there's some really intriguing. Like, like I'm high on Emory Jones. I want to see what he does at Florida. Uh, Bryce Young, obviously, everybody's expected big things out of from Alabama. But if Miles Brennan comes back as the starter at LSU, like 
That that guy, everybody's written him off. That dude threw for like 400 yards a game when he was starting for LSU. So like he, Miles Brennan has more passing touchdowns, <laughs> and he stopped playing in in mid October <laughs> than Bo Nix did, I think, for the entire season. Wow, that's that's yeah, a I mean, Connor brought that up on the podcast like three <laughs> three different times at one point. Like I mean, like and I say what in the offense they're going to want to run. And then, listen, and you know this firsthand, there's nothing like having a little chip on your shoulder and having a revenge season. And with the receivers he's got down there, I could easily see that. I probably should have said that to Connor Bays like I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I need to start writing. Uh, I'm going to make a case for Bo Nix in a couple weeks, and I'm going to start with, Why? man, he is he has a lot of starts. He has a lot of starts in the SEC. Like, that's that's about the most generous thing you could say about him. You know what? Charlie Liebrandt had a lot of starts for the Braves <laughs> in the early 90s. I don't think he was really knocking on the door of the four aces, though. Hey, man, this guy's played a lot of football, all right? That's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. That's when you know it's not a good compliment. He has Chris Marler. Saturday Down South is, the, uh, is where you can find uh, the website, the podcast, but the new podcast, College Football Uncensored with Marler and Tyler Huck. Go check it out. Uh, Marler, always appreciate the time, man. Yeah, brother. We'll talk to you soon. All right. When we return, Maria Martin from 11 Alive News in Atlanta. She caught up with former Georgia linebacker Monty Rice as he starts to prepare for the next level. We'll hear some of her conversation with Monty Rice when we return. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Look, football might be over. Yes, Super Bowl came and went, but we still have the NBA. We still got college basketball, plenty of SEC hoops action to get in on tonight and tomorrow night, full slate of games. And the NHL is in full swing as well. BetOnline.ag even covers award ceremonies, TV shows, reality TV. All of it is there for you. Real-time updated odds and props on almost everything you can imagine. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and make sure you use our promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. Again, BetOnline, they have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website, use your mobile device. If you have it, you can sign up today. Get that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, they are your online sportsbook experts. You'll love to use them. Get on there today. Hey, February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than a Game. This week, Candace Cooper of Locked on Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked on Women's Basketball. They discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in the sports world. Subscribe to Locked on Presents podcast feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, coming up, we're going to hear a little bit from Monty Rice as he sat down with uh, Maria Martin over at our uh, sister news station in Atlanta, 11 Alive News. First, just a couple of quick tidbits, kind of a, a quick around the conference. One of the big questions fans have when it comes to Josh Heupel's hiring in Tennessee is recruiting. And Josh Heupel has now added former USC Director of Scouting and Recruiting Strategy Trey Johnson to the volunteer recruiting staff. He uh, USC just signed the Pac-12's number two ranked recruiting class in their most recent recruiting cycle. So uh, we'll see what Trey Johnson is able to do for the Volunteers. But that is a big get for Josh Heupel. And then I did see that uh, Auburn, they just added a uh, another running back to the 2021 recruiting class. Uh, he is a three-star 
recruit Jarquez Hunter committed to the Tigers. He's their 17th commitment of this class and a big pickup for Brian Harson and his staff. Uh, 5'10", 190 pounds out of Mississippi, rated as the nation's number 36 running back. So there you go. Good for Auburn picking up a running back recruit. All right, let's get into it uh, as Maria Martin caught up with Monty Rice. For those of you who are Georgia fans, obviously you definitely want to hear this, but if you're just an SEC fan, always good to hear from a guy who was a stud starter for the um, uh, Georgia Bulldogs the last handful of years and a big part of that Kirby Smart defense. And he also gives you a reason why he thinks the Bulldogs are going to win the national championship in 2021. Without further ado, here was Maria Martin from 11 Alive News in Atlanta, sitting down with Monty Rice. What was it like at the University of Georgia in the age of COVID-19 playing football this year? Well, first of all, uh, Ron and his staff, they made sure everybody was safe. Uh, we got tested, I think, three times a week or something like that uh, during the season. So, like, if somebody caught it, like, there was a good chance, like, we were going to have them quarantine, and, you know, they wouldn't contact Trace or, you know, expose anybody else. So, you know, they, they always made sure we were good, you know, they – had us wearing masks throughout the facility. So, you know, they had everything in place to make sure, like, we were able to, you know, have a productive season. Since we covered COVID-19, we also got to cover how Georgia prepared you for the NFL. You and I were talking a little bit about Georgia's defense. You played in it for four years. You're pretty well-versed now, and you think that maybe it's going to be an easy transition to the NFL since you played at Georgia? Well, I don't think it's going to be easy, but <laughs> okay. I, just think, I just think the way, like, Coach Smart and Coach Schumann, especially Coach Schumann, the way Coach Schumann, you know, teaches the linebackers specifically, like, you know, he goes over every little detail. That's just how he is. You know, that's how y'all just will be. Like, he goes over every little detail of the game plan. Like, if we're running, like, cover seven, he's going to go over every formation, every type of, you know, what are the, the front of the line doing, like the D-line's doing, what are the back end's doing. So, you know, he's going to make sure you know everything. And so that's why I feel like going to the next level, I'm going to keep that same mindset and be able to, you know, uh, really dissect whatever defense any coach puts in front of me. Yeah, I mean, you, you've been put through it at Georgia for sure. You've been a standout linebacker for four years. Do you have any advice that you've gotten from some of the former dogs that have gone on to play in the defense in the NFL? What have they said to you in terms of getting ready for the next step? Uh, I talked to Rennie Curran some, and he's always like, you know, don't don't change much, you know, just keep doing what you've been doing. You know, a lot of people try to switch up what they do, you know, try to make it bigger than what it is. You know, it's obviously an exciting time in life, you know. I've been wanting this since I was like nine years old. But, uh, yeah, just don't switch up. Just keep doing what you've been doing and just trusting God and whatever's supposed to happen will happen. Let the main thing be the main thing, right? I know that you uh, – it's probably hard to have the time go faster. I know that you want to get there and figure out who you're going to play for, but you said it's been a dream since you were nine years old. How surreal is it that you're getting ready to play in the NFL? I mean, it's crazy. Like, you know, we were doing all the uh, interviews at the Senior Bowl. It was just like, I was all excited just because, like, you know, I'm, I was able to meet Luke Keekley. I met John Lynch, you know, used to play back in the day. So it's just like a surreal feeling that, like, I'm going to be able to, you know, play for one of these teams, you know, coming up next year. So, you know, I appreciate it. You said the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama, such an incredible event that they do down there every single year. It's an opportunity for you to really connect with a bunch of people in the NFL. You got coaches, you got scouts, you got players from all over the country. You didn't play in the game, but it was a good week for you overall, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, it was definitely like just a different type of environment. Like you had guys from Houston, you had guys from Rhode Island, Purdue. Like you got guys from everywhere. You had like a D3 like guard there who did pretty well. Like 
you had guys from all over the place. So it was it was fun to like see their perspectives on football and see how they were taught at their school. And you know, I was able to show them like, hey, this is how we do it at Georgia. So it was just cool to like, you know, just get a different mix of people and just you know get all their perspectives. I can tell you've got a little bit of confidence about you in terms of you know playing the linebacker position, what you were able to bring to the table at Georgia. Where does that confidence come from? Just like you know what Coach Schumann and them say, and Coach Smart. Trust your trainer at the end of the day. Like, you know what I'm saying? We, we, you put in a lot of work 365 days a year because the season stops, but football don't stop. You always got to keep, you know, keep preparing, you know, for the next game, for the next practice, for the next workout. So, you know, just trust your training, you know, like your trainer will, you know, has brought you this far and it'll, you know, keep prevailing. You just got to believe in it. And, you know, why not have confidence? Like, I'm sure you have confidence that you, you're the best reporter in the world. You know, that's just how it is. Like, <laughs> Because if you don't believe that, then why are you doing it? Because, you know, a lot of people might do it for a paycheck, but I'm, you know, I want to be the best. And, you know, that's why I work, you know, I work hard every day to make sure, you know, like I can achieve that goal one day. Listen, I feel that you got to have some faith in yourself to do anything right. I believe in that. Now that I got you here, I got to ask about the quarterback battle at Georgia this past season. As a player, you know, you're on the defensive side of the ball, but was it interesting being in the mix of all that and, you know, all the attention that was surrounding the quarterback battle this year? What was that like? Well, honestly, people made it bigger than what it was. Um, you know, whatever guy Coach Smart, you know, put back there, that's the guy we was going to roll with, you know. Obviously, I rock with JT, DeWan, Stetson, Carson, all of them that was there. Um, you know, I don't have a favorite or anything, but, like, you know, we were going to trust whatever, you know, Coach Smart put back there. And, you know, he, you know, they pay him to do that. And, you know, he's been doing it. You know, he coached what – he's been coaching, like, 20 years, so he knows what he's doing. So, um yeah, whatever guy was back there, you know, JT got hot at the end of the season and came in and made a lot of big-time plays. And, you know, he saved us against uh, Mississippi State, him and, you know, those receivers, they, you know, you know they, they meshed well at, towards the end of the season. And then uh, it'll be exciting to, you know, see that going into next year and see how those guys, um, you know, continue to get better. You said it's going to be exciting to see what they do next year. Obviously, you know there is so much pressure to win a national championship for Coach Smart at Georgia. What is it going to take for the dogs to get over that hump and make it to the title game and win? Man, it's just going to, it's just going to take focus, trusting your training, and, you know, us, you know, continuing to put our players in the right position to make plays. And, you know, the defense being stout as usual, you know, I feel like last year or just past year, like, there's a couple of games where we weren't as stout as we usually are. And, you know, just got to go back to the drawing board and keep getting better. And it's going to be important that we, you know, use our playmakers. Uh, you know, you got George out there. You got Kiaris. You got Lil Jermaine. You know, you got a lot of players out there that can go make a lot of plays, you know. So it'll be fun. I know, you know, they'll continue to, like, get those guys to ball more. And, you know, you got a stable of running backs, James Cook, Zamir. Uh, Matt Kenny, um, Kendall, Milton, like we got, we got them all. You know, you got, you gotta have a good offensive line. So it's gonna just come down to, you know, can we make plays in the passing game? And you know, we can run the ball always. But I think JT was, you know, he kind of like sparked something. I don't know what it was, but you know, and you know, towards the end of the season, you know, you saw a couple bombs that we were able to complete. So I think if they keep getting better in that regard, they'll be able to, you know you know, get over the hump and, you know, win it all. And, you know, honestly, I'm going to claim that national championship whether I'm on the team or not. <laughs> I played with those guys, you know, Kiaris and them and um, Jamar and all them, Justin Schaefer. I played with all them. So uh, I'm going to be able to claim that one. So hopefully they get it done. You know, I'm going to be their biggest fan, 
cheering like hell, uh, you know, from wherever I'm at. <laughs> so you're predicting a national championship in the near future, and you're going to put the ring on too. Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, well, no, I don't want a ring, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to have a hat, a shirt, you know Love what I'm it. saying? Like, I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm a national championship too. <laughs> you did mention to me Jamie Newman, who happened to go down to the Senior Bowl. He played in the game. How did you feel about how everything went down with Jamie at Georgia? Oh, I mean, at the end of the day, I know he came in there. You know, he obviously didn't participate in any games, but he came in there and bled, sweated, tears, you know, with us, you know, in those workouts, even though the workouts were a bit different this year than they have been since I've been there. So I consider him dog family. He worked hard just like we did. Um, he, You know, he was there most of fall camp. I'm pretty sure I can't remember how long he was there, but, you know, he's down here actually training with me in uh, Pensacola, and I look at him like a brother, so – you know, all that I, all the slander I see on the internet, you know, is is not is unacceptable. I ain't, you know, I'm not going to accept it. I consider him a brother, so, and he a dog in, in my eyes. You know, people might say wait for it, but I look at him as a, a brother. You know, so I accept him. Georgia fans need to accept him. They need to learn that you know, he, you know, he put in work with us. You know, he just wasn't able to, you know, play with us during the season. So, you know, I consider him family. So that's just that's the, on that, and everybody else does too. Like everybody else so like at the end of the day we accept and that's all that matters and if you don't like it oh well you know it is what it is a very presidential yeah. answer from you which i appreciate but i'm still gonna make sure that you give me an answer on one of the funniest kirby smart moments the funniest kirby smart moments i know you gotta think of it there's probably so many <laughs> I don't know. I, I I can't think of one off the top of my head. I can't think of one. All right, you said he's funny without even trying. What what does that mean? Just like just how energetic he is. He's like <laughs> a big kid because he loves the game so much. But um, just like you know how, how like you know he's on the microphone at practice and you know he's he's a player's coach. You know he's on. You know he tries to like you know interact with the players and you know make sure that you know they know that it's not all about you know football and you know that he cares. So that's the biggest thing but um just like you know and you know he's not old you know he's only like 45 i think so yeah um, he's able to like you know he's kind of like he's kind of caught up you know when it comes to regards to like the, the music we listen to oh like what lingo we, oh he's not lingo, listening like, to or like or coach mark you know everybody be like hey like we'll be uh like how we talk to it, like player to player be like hey cuzzo and like sometimes coach smart be on the mic be like what up cuzzo like oh my gosh you know, so it's always funny to know, like, you know, you got a guy that you can relate to. I love that. Players, coaches usually do really well with you guys, so it's good to hear that. But, Monty, I really appreciate your time, and good luck to you. I know that you're going to do great things wherever you go. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. My thanks to Chris Marler for joining us. Always good to catch up with him and uh, check out his new podcast. And appreciate Maria Martin and her interview from 11 Alive News in Atlanta, sitting down with former Georgia Bulldog Monty Rice. That is going to do it for me, Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Lockdown SEC, talking all things SEC, plenty of basketball to recap tomorrow.